0: The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Season 1, Episode (music) 5. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott, I am still your host, and this is most definitely still the show. And this week was the penultimate episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And in my opinion, one of, if not the best episode we have seen thus far. Now, a lot of people may disagree with that. Uh, there, There wasn't much action in this episode as in previous, and And if action is your thing, you know, this was probably not your episode, but we got some really great stuff. We got some of my favorite things, which are dialogue, deep character moments, revelations, and a lot of stuff that looks to be lining up not only an awesome ending to this series, but some pretty cool stuff going forward in the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. And not only was this week's episode awesome, but this week's podcast guest host is awesome as well. This week, Marvel Plus has its first female guest. Now, we've had a lot of different perspectives on the show, but a female perspective is one that we have been lacking. Well, no more, my friends. This week, we have the lovely and talented Jazz Kearns on to help me break down this fifth episode. Of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Jazz is one of my favorite type of people. A creative person. Uh, she's an author and creator. She does videos for a business that the, she works for. Uh, she likes to paint. She likes to do all, all types of art stuff, right? And and those are my favorite type of people to talk to. And on, on top of all of that, she's a big fan of the MCU. Now to hear her tell you, uh, she'll she'll tell you that she's not a crazy diehard mega fan, but you know probably around a seven seven and a half in terms of fandom. But after speaking with her, I would probably debate that. I think she's pretty hardcore, and, and I think on top of that, you know her creative background kind of gives her extra insight into all this stuff. Like it allows her to really appreciate character development and, and storytelling and all the things that we love about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the thing that sets it apart from, you know, a a kid's show or, you know, what people might think of as, like, comics or or for kids. Um, This, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, shows us otherwise. And I think, like I said, her background helps her to see that even more so. All right. You know me. I don't like to waste time. Let's jump right into it with Jazz Kearns. Jazz, welcome to the show. I know we've, uh, we've been talking uh, for a while about getting you on here uh, since back when WandaVision was on, and I'm glad to finally get to talk to you. Thanks for being here.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so upset that I missed WandaVision, but I'm happy I can at least speak on one of the calls.
0: So so tell me a bit about yourself. You know, like How did you come to love the MCU enough to come on a podcast and, and nerd out about it?
1: <laughs> um, well... I've actually just always loved the MCU, uh, but because there's always such big pauses in between, I've never nerded out this hard before, because mm-hmm. it seems all of 2021, it's something new with the MCU, so my nerd out level is pretty high right now, but I've always loved it. Um, I just really love theorizing. It's one of my favorite things to do, so I love to watch them when that comes out, and then go on YouTube and just binge, like, this happened in the comic, and this is what we think, because it's just so fun.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well and and that's what's so cool about 2021 right like it it sucks that 2020 pushed everything forward and we got nothing for a full year but now we're enjoying the spoils of like there's something almost every week to watch like shows movies the stuff's just going to keep coming out for the next year so yeah that's that's awesome so um you uh you want to jump into episode five yeah all right all right so um I'll go through kind of the recap and just feel free to jump in whenever. The episode is called Truth, which I would guess is a callback to the original comic called Truth, Red, White and Black, which is it's basically the story of Isaiah Bradley and that hidden truth of of what the U.S. government did to him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this opening scene is great. Um, I'm loving to hate John Walker more and more every week. Like, how about you?
1: Oh, absolutely. I love the remorse that they really showed when he ran in that building. And he mm-hmm. just, like, really had, like, the shock wore off. And he really felt that remorse. It reminded me that, like, the serum doesn't make him a monster. He is still human in there. But the immediate fight scene afterwards, it was just like, okay, he there's still a lot of intense emotions going on.
0: Right, right. He's still a bad guy. You know what I mean? It's like... Or is he, you know, it's like you do, you, you kind of feel something for the guy. You can see him struggling. Um, Mm -hmm. He's definitely battles with some PTSD. Um, He's been through a lot. And then also his best friend just got murdered. So it's like, it's intense.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Uh, PTSD is definitely running a rampage right now because he's a, he's in war. He's this battle. It's just bringing back that crazy war to him where he got all of those awards.
0: Yeah. And, and just the way he's like talking to himself when he gets in there. Right. You can see the mental instability in this guy. He's like he's dealing with the loss of his friend, like we said. And then just the fact that he also just killed a guy like that does something to you as well. And, and this encounter with Sam and Bucky after that, you know, he, he keeps saying to them that he had to kill Nico. Like he keeps repeating that he keeps saying that and he keeps saying that that the guy killed Lamar, which is not true at all. Like that guy, Carly, was definitely the one who killed Lamar. It wasn't this yeah. guy.
1: Absolutely, but he is part of the organization. So Mm -hmm. he was part of Lamar's death, 100% was part of it. He might have not done it, but he's part of it.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, So, but Walker, he definitely proves to be like a formidable foe here, right? Like he's taking on Sam and Bucky, and and it kind of reminds you of the scene from Civil War with with Captain America.
1: I'm wondering if he's just going to turn into. The new winter soldier, because I, I wonder if this is how Bucky, maybe he was more brainwashed when he first started, but I wonder if he felt this remorse, too. And if he's just going to be the new Bucky, because that fight scene was epic. He took them on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, dude, he, he rips off Falcon's wings like that was that was crazy.
1: That was hulking out. But this <laughs> but he did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, they finally, you know, put him down? and take the shield back, which has kind of been a long time coming right throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And um, afterwards, um, we would, I guess, from that scene, assume that that John Walker is taken in um, to kind of face up for what he's done. And uh, Bucky and Sam are sidelined from this search for Carly. And we finally see Torres again. He's been missing for like three episodes. I've been wondering what's going on with that guy. Oh, he
1: just Uh, loves to pop in and out. Like, hey, I'm still here
0: yeah so so he we get a conversation uh with him and sam and he he keeps asking sam like what happened to the wings or like how do these things get like this and sam completely avoids the question it's actually pretty funny and uh when he leaves uh he leaves the broken wings with torres saying you can keep them
1: oh oh my gosh like why would he leave those are his wings that's Mm everything. yeah the shield is cool but like that's your bread and butter what are you doing
0: Right. Well, see, and now I'm not an expert in like the comics, especially modern day comics. I'm more into like the the 80s, 90s comics. Um, that's kind of my era. But um, in recent comics, uh, Torres actually takes up the mantle of. Falcon after uh, Sam becomes Bucky. So that could be a little play on that.
1: Guys' Outfits, too. Mm hmm. So you're absolutely right. He does do that, which that leaving the wings behind does open that door for that character.
0: So then Bucky sets off to find Zemo and Sam heads off in his own direction. We don't know where yet, Um, but John Walker is not charged with murder. Uh, He doesn't face a court martial, but he is stripped of his rank and his title and discharged from the military, which might be just as bad for a guy like John Walker. Like that probably hurts more than, you know, just going to prison.
1: Yeah, that's, a, I mean, his entire life's work. They were just like, I mean, as he says in the next line, you made me. Mm-hmm. And they literally were just like, we made you. You did great, but you got caught. <sighs> You're not supposed yeah. to get caught.
0: Yes. Yeah, and that, that's this whole thing, like, too. Like, I think it's a commentary, too, on, you know, a lot of things. A lot of things that, like, we ask our soldiers to do. And then kind of judge them for what they've done, you know, when they come back. Like it, it was seen a lot like in the Vietnam era and, and even today, a lot of times like we don't understand what soldiers are going through in terms of PTSD and the stuff that they saw. And, um, you know, as a country or as the government, uh, we kind of ask them to go and do these things that, that we would never want to do or we would not have the strength to do.
1: Yeah, and the way they stripped that away, it was just like saying, like, "You know, thank you so much, but it's, no, you can't actually be rewarded for all of this." And oh my gosh, that's so much trauma getting open for him for everything he just worked for his entire life.
0: Okay, so after that, we get this. It's it was supposed to be this big cameo appearance, right? It's been hyped for weeks online. Um, <laughs> but I'll be on, Like, I'll be honest, I had no idea who this person was. So this Julia Louis-Dreyfus shows up as contessa valentina allegra de la fontaine um <laughs> and i turned to google immediately because i had i had no idea did you know who that was did you
1: No, i had to do some hunting myself and the episode was over but i've got some background on her
0: yeah so um it's, yeah on, it's been online like for weeks though like there's gonna be this big deal in episode five and maybe to some people that was a huge deal um I don't know. I I didn't feel that way because I didn't know who the character was. But Google tells me that in the comics, she was once an agent of shield and at one time infiltrated Hydra and became Madam Hydra, Uh, but eventually turns out to be a triple agent. So (laughs) who knows? Like, who knows whose side this lady is really on now? But it seems like she's definitely at odds with the way the government is handling things. And she tells Walker. He did the right thing, taking the serum and even killing the flag smasher, right? And says she'll be in touch and Walker should definitely pick up the phone when she calls.
1: Yeah, but so, the business card she left him was not helpful. How is he going to know that she's calling?
0: I know, a, a blank business card, right? I guess she's just saying just pick up the damn phone if you hear it ring.
1: Yeah, so she definitely has a very good mystery going on.
0: For sure. I mean... You know, it opens it up, like, is this the power broker? Does she work for this power broker? Um, it, it kind of makes you believe that she possibly does work for the power broker.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then also before she goes, she tells him uh, just a little trade secret that the, the shield doesn't actually belong to the government, which I'm sure is probably going to come up at some point later in the series.
1: Well, I'm wondering if that's going to come up for uh, the post credit scene was interesting with that, mm. that statement.
0: Yes. Yes, and we'll get to that. That was that, that was awesome. I, we got our first credit scene this week. All right, so uh, in this next scene, we get more of Carly and the Flag Smashers, and it just kind of reinforces, like, she's not backing down, right? She's doubling down, and she's planning something big against the GRC. Bucky finds Zemo at the Sokovia Memorial, and Zemo tries to convince Bucky that, you know, Carly's got to be killed. Like, there's no other way. She She's just got to be put down, and uh, Bucky's like, you know, thanks, thanks for the advice, but we're going our own way. Uh, <laughs> Bucky he, he uh turns he turns Zemo over to the Wakandans, who say they'll be taking him to the raft, which we saw in Civil War, and that that's kind of like the the superhero prison that they had the uh half of the Avengers in during Civil War after they after you know they kind of broke apart. And oh,
1: um, I forgot what the raft was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had to ask some people about that. Cause I couldn't remember. I was like, have we heard about that yet? But, um, yeah, we actually have a question about that later. So I'll just save that for a little bit later. Um, okay. all right. Oh, so. of
1: about the go ahead. Of Zemo Because I actually like, he was a villain and I used to hate him and now I'm just like, oh, you're like a regular person who was an I know. Avenger.
0: I know. And, and it makes you believe too, that they can do this with anyone. You know what I mean? Like they've done yeah. it with the, the the Winter Soldier. They've done it with Zemo. It's like could down the road we maybe actually be rooting for John Walker at some point?
1: Wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. The the writing from this entire MCU is so so fantastic that like I put nothing past them. Like they can they can suck me into anything. Anything that they want me to jump on board with, I end up jumping on board with.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: so Sam goes to visit Isaiah Bradley and finally gets the full story, right? And Isaiah is very bitter and with good reason. And and he tells Sam that they will never let a black man be Captain America and that also that no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. And so this is a pretty this is a pretty big it's a pretty big statement because you know, it's going to give Sam a lot to think about. You know what I mean, in in terms of I think he already kind of knew that um, there would be some apprehension and that he was worried about taking on that mantle as a black man. Oh, yeah. And and that. And that, yes, should he want to take it on? I mean, after talking to Isaiah. Man, like there's no there's no lie about like what they said earlier or what they end up saying later in the series and what we saw in the trailers, even. Sam says like that that's shield has uh, the legacy of that shield is complicated and uh, that's putting it lightly.
1: Yeah, that is really putting it lightly cuz it's absolutely complicated and I just want to say that I love the reality of a black man being the new captain in the mm-hmm. MCU but like that's also a real life like whoa and I just love that it was mixed in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And the thing the thing that the only thing that disappointed me a little bit about this is that we didn't get to see any flashbacks of like young Isaiah like as he was telling the story. Like that would have been really cool to see like flashbacks to like Korean War era and see like Isaiah Bradley with the shield maybe suited up in in a Captain America type uniform.
1: That would have been really really cool. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right. So, After meeting with Isaiah, Sam heads back home to Louisiana and continues working on the family boat. Uh, He calls in favors from the community. And I thought that was a really cool scene, too, because he had this realization that his parents had done so much for all the people around them, all their neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, maybe he could kind of call in those favors now because otherwise, you know, they're out of money, they're losing money, and they can't fix this boat on their own. I just thought it was a really cool, you know, what they did with with, with how he figures out a way to finally fix this boat. Yeah. And I, lo- I love this whole family thing that they're like we're seeing this side of Sam that we've never seen anything uh, in any of the movies like this. We had no idea his background really other than the fact that he was um, in the military and that he helps veterans, but we didn't know anything about his family. I just think it's really cool.
1: It is it is really cool cuz as I was watching just the series in general I was like I don't know anything about Sam. I don't mm-hmm. know what, like, I really don't know that much about Bucky either. I know, you know, we know more about Bucky but I I don't know that much either.
0: Yeah, true. We just know that he was Steve's friend, right? Like back in yeah. World War II like in that era back in the 1940s, but we don't really know about his family that he came from or anything. And the the thing is is that they're all gone. So we kind of might not ever see that, you know, like when, and it might not be that relevant to what's going on now, but he's completely shrouded in mystery, right? Like, so he was just kept on ice and and used for kill missions for all these years. Like he doesn't have that, that family dynamic and it's, it's really kind of sad, but um, I think it's cool that we're seeing, like, if Sam's going to be captain America, I think we need all this kind of character introspection, you know, like we need to see who Sam is, um, yeah, you know, absolutely. for even us to, to be able to be like, yeah, man, he should be captain America. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. We got a root for him. We need some background.
0: Right. So uh, we get this cool little montage because uh, Bucky shows up and he's there to drop off something that he had the Wakandans make for Sam, uh, he drops off this suitcase, which we don't get opened until later in the episode, but he decides to stick around. He wants to stick around and help with the boat repair. And, you know, we get this cool, like, buddy cop montage, like, where
1: They're friends it, it, now.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's showing the relationship kind of blossom, right? It's actually becoming a friendship and not just like this uneasy pairing. <laughs> this and,
1: grungy, uh, let's work together.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, and, like, um, but, you know, Sam and Bucky, they'll never actually admit that they're friends. And I think that's great. It, it's total like it's a definitely a buddy cop theme. It's like the lethal weapon. It's like they love each other, but they'll never actually say that.
1: Yeah. It's like, hey, we can be awesome friends, but don't you dare tell anyone because I will always deny it.
0: Yeah. And I, and I love the um, Bucky kind of flirting with Sam's sister. Like this is that. That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. The entire every every time he flirted with her, I just always laughed. I laughed so loud.
0: Yeah. And you can see, like, first, first, he tells him, like, don't, don't flirt with my sister. And then later, all, all Bucky does is say hi to her. And like, <laughs> Sam, Sam gives him this look, like, are you serious right now?
1: Uh, absolutely. It's great. I love it. I hope it never leaves.
0: All right. So, John Walker, uh, we're back with him now. He visits Lamar's family. And, um, you know, it's, it's a deep scene. You know, it, it, it just mm-hmm. reemboldens him to continue fighting on so and, and we get more of that like he lies I mean actually he lies to the family saying like that was the man responsible for their son's death and he killed him you know kind of trying to ease their minds but at the same time he knows like, that he's telling a lie that, that the real killer's still out there
1: yeah I feel like they kind of made him say that though like because mm-hmm. if he would it would have broke their hearts even more so yeah
0: that definitely could have been like the government could have been like you know hey, you need to go break this news or whatever, and you need to tell them, we got the guy. Mm -hmm. All right, so then we get a scene. uh, Sharon Carter hires Baltrock from, we we saw him in episode one. We've seen him throughout the MCU. And um, she calls him up and, and offers him a deal. She says she'll pay him double this time to help the Flag Smashers take over or attack the GRC, whatever it is. Uh, but this guy wants to kill Falcon. So I don't know what side Sharon is on. Like, if she's playing all sides, uh, could she be the power broker after all? Like, I don't know what's going on with her. Is she working for the power broker? I don't, I don't
1: know anything about her in general. Um, I think I missed her in previous stuff, and I just didn't have time to research her yet. But oh, she's also okay. mystery.
0: Yeah, well, Sharon in the MCU... She hasn't had a lot of stuff, but she was in uh, The Winter Soldier. Uh, Yeah, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And that's where we first meet her. And she is the love of Steve's life, Peggy's niece or great niece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a weird like I think I think her and Steve end up kissing at one point. So it's very odd dynamic but um but yeah that's that's who Sharon Carter is um so like you know that as we know her in the MCU and she's just kind of like she used to be a shield agent and then she actually helped them out when during the civil war spat she actually got the shield for uh for Steve and yes. she helped
1: I can't believe I
0: just didn't even place her. Wow. Yeah. So, so <laughs> because, and because of doing that, because of helping them in civil war, she was kind of cast out of the government. And that's why we see her now kind of like for the past five years during the blip, she's kind of become this underground. We don't know what, like, is she a villain? Um, but she's got to live off the grid because the government's still, she's still a wanted woman because of that stuff all the way back
1: yeah which is why she's where she is because they're like they won't turn me in
0: so uh we get this great scene with sam and bucky and they're basically playing catch with the shield it's kind of it's kind of cute i guess uh a
1: dad and son moment like they're playing catch and having a heart to heart it was so adorable
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also for me it was kind of cathartic okay so like you ever watch those you ever watch those YouTube videos that say, like, most satisfying video you'll ever watch?
1: Yes. You know, like,
0: that's what it felt like to me. Like, when you watch that shield bounce off those trees, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> something about that was just, like, I don't know. Made me, it made me feel good.
1: Yeah. How does it always attach to them so perfectly? Are they just grabbing it that well?
0: I don't know. I, I have to put that up to, like, like, some things I just have to go, all right, it's a movie. <laughs> you know, like it's it's a movie based on a comic book. Um but yeah, I've always wondered that too. And also how does it how does it always boomerang back in that perfect yeah. way? Like
1: I'm wondering if Stark gave him something that's like on the inside of the shield and on his wrist, so it always boomerang back and it's perfect.
0: Right. Maybe there's some sort of like magnetic force or something that or uh I don't know, man, because Cap was doing this way back. In World War II, like, he was bouncing it off people's heads and stuff and then catching it again, too. So, I don't know. It's always been a staple of of Captain America to throw and then catch this shield. I just – I don't get how – I don't know the science. It's a movie. Right. So, so this uh, leads into that conversation you're talking about. It's like this father-son moment, right? And uh, eventually we get Bucky kind of apologizing and saying that, you know, when – when he and Steve were talking about giving the shield to Sam, uh, that they didn't realize the implications of that, like a black man taking the shield um, and and what that might mean, you know, and -hmm. and how could they possibly understand that as two white men from a a long ago era, you know, and he, he kind of apologizes for that, you know, and says he understands now why Sam did what he did in, in giving up the shield.
1: Yeah, it was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I thought it was great. I I loved, like, all the dialogue. And this might have been my favorite episode. Like, they just keep getting better.
1: Oh, absolutely. I don't know how they're going to tie this up or just how they're going to cut it off next episode.
0: Right. One episode left. Like, that, that was the kind of the thing I ran into with Wanda. It, it got to a point where it's like, man, they got to wrap up a lot of stuff in one final episode.
1: They did beautifully. So I have no doubts in the MCU writers.
0: So Sam finally decides, you know, while Isaiah Bradley made some some good points, he makes a lot of sense um, that the best thing he can do is not to just say, well, you know, they're never going to let a black man have the shield. Uh, he wants to continue the fight, and not just the fight against the bad guys in the series, but against kind of a world that some people might have a problem with a black Captain America. So he's like, he decides he's going to take up the mantle. Yeah. And, and we get this awesome... Uh, very rocky and I guess now like creed-esque training montage. And that was one of my favorite parts of the episode.
1: It was fun. It was really fun. I was really waiting for him to tell his nephew on your left when he went around the turn.
0: Oh, that would have been perfect.
1: That would have been so cool. I believe the nephews have a spin-off in comics. Somebody random in this episode has a spin-off in the comics.
0: Um, the only person I can think of is Isaiah Bradley's I guess grandson
1: oh, It was him, right? Still on your left would have been I, a great line. If like,
0: yeah, he should. They, they definitely should have thrown. That was a missed opportunity. hundred percent. So after that, after this training montage, Sam discovers that Carly is in New York and knows that something is about to go down. And I guess we know that there's, there's this big vote going down at the GRC, And we see all the power get cut off. And definitely something big is about to happen, but we kind of have to wait until next week to find out. And Sam finally opens up the case that Bucky dropped off to him. Another reveal that we have to wait for next week, but I think it's safe to say it's a new and improved Captain America suit, right?
1: What do you think it is?
0: that's what i think i think it's i think it's the i think it's the captain america suit that he is going to be wearing
1: okay i think it's going to be a mixture of new wings and a cap suit so maybe they're just painted they're just painted cool colors but i definitely think he's going to get his wings back because he doesn't have serum there's no more serum left so he's not going to get any so he's got to have some kind of extra because he's a normal person
0: True. And I was well, what I was kind of thinking was like his way to be able to stand a chance against super soldiers and and super hero or super villains and whatnot is I think that this suit is kind of reinforced with vibranium. Like, I think it's going to be full of vibranium armor. Mm -hmm. So even if it is just a new Captain America suit with no wings, it still gives him a fighting chance because he's got, you know, he's going to be coated in vibranium
1: is going to be like a Captain America Iron Man.
0: Yes, exactly. That's that's kind of what I was picturing. It's like it's like literally you taking the Captain America shield and wrapping his whole body in it. So we get this post-credit scene that we were talking about earlier and it's John Walker welding a new shield of his own.
1: Yeah. So what do you I think, think this is. Oh, I internally screamed so hard when I saw this post-credit. I love post-credit scenes. Um <laughs> oh, he's going to mess somebody up, but I don't know who.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's all going to come to a head. Like at this, uh, the GRC takeover, whatever they're doing, whatever the Flag Smashers are doing, I feel like all the characters are going to meet up there. So you're going to get Sam and Bucky showing up to stop the Flag Smashers, and then you're going to get John Walker showing up to kill the Flag Smashers, and then the guy earlier that, that Sharon called, he's going to be there to kill Falcon. It's going to be a, a crazy big mess. I have a feeling it's going to kind of look like. That scene in Civil War at the airport. Like with a lot of people battling. Oh yeah. So now we've kind of gone through the episode. But we have. I have a question from Twitter. That I was talking about from earlier. My friend Ryan Sanyo. Asks. What did you think after it was said. That Zemo was going to the raft. And. Do you think that has any other implications? Now, for you, what did, what did you get from that? Do you know anything about this raft other than the fact that the heroes were put there before?
1: Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. I definitely know that. I, I feel like they're going to just mess with his head a little bit, like quiz him. I mean, he's really mm-hmm. smart, so and he's stuck there, so why not use him to their advantage?
0: True. True. And, well, and that brings up something really cool that you said, like, use them to their advantage. They, um, I guess, in the comics, I've never read these comics specifically, um, but like you, I do a lot of, like, watching YouTube and, and hearing other people talk about stuff. And uh, so the guy who runs the Raft is General Ross. And General Ross, we saw him, he's been throughout the MCU, but probably most notably he was the guy in the incredible hulk movie who created abomination to go up against the hulk
1: yes that guy
0: and um and that guy has a big history in comics too like eventually he uses the serum on himself and becomes the red hulk mm-hmm. and i don't know if we're going to get that but another thing that he does while running the raft is are you familiar with Suicide Squad? Yes. Okay, so basically, this guy, General Ross, creates this group called the Thunderbolts. And they are basically the Suicide Squad, the Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. It's a bunch of villains that, they, that the government employs to do their bidding.
1: I think that's got a series or a movie coming out in 23 or 24
0: yeah i've heard I've heard rumors of that i don't I'm not exactly sure but that is definitely a possible setup for it like that's how it like Zemo going to the raft and then Zemo being a part of the Thunderbolts. I definitely think it could be going there
1: oh my God, that'd be so funny if Zemo turned into a superhero
0: <laughs> yeah you know, you can see it though it's like he's not actually a bad guy, kind of like Carly like she's not a bad person but the things she does are not admirable. You know what I mean? Like you can't just kill people. Same thing with Zemo. Yeah. So what do you think overall about this series? Like compared to WandaVision, um, do you think it's on par with that? Uh, what do you well, think?
1: Well, that's not, that's not fair to Falcon and Winter Soldier because I just fangirled so hard over Wanda. So mm-hmm. that's just not fair. <laughs> but it is very good. Um it It is very good. I do like it. I enjoy it. I, it's a very good cop, bad cop feel. I feel like every time I watch it.
0: And what about like in general, like the series? So compared to the movies, how do you think these hold up?
1: Oh, very well. It's like a whole bunch of movies uh, together because they're an hour long. So it's awesome. I love it. They can continue doing this and I would be fine with that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, it basically still feels like the movies, right? Like it's just mm. little chopped up versions of the movies.
1: Yeah, it's in very good pieces to where I can watch it a hundred times. I like having the breaks in between because I do like rewatching things a lot because you miss so many things.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've watched all of this stuff. I mean, and even these series, right, because because of the podcast, a lot of times I'll watch the episode the first time just to kind of enjoy it. And then I go back a second time trying to look for stuff like stuff that I want to talk about, stuff that I want to (laughs) theorize about. And then, you know, I think this week I actually watched it three times just because so much happened in this episode, which was the longest one we've had yet. This is the longest episode we've had.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, it ran right at one hour, which was I mean, there's what, 10 minutes of credits, which is ridiculous. But um, it's still the longest. Yeah, it's longer than any other episode of this series and longer than any of the WandaVisions, which I kind of wish the WandaVisions would have been longer. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: I was so upset that they were only a half an hour and I read somewhere that they were going to like become an hour and they didn't and I was a liar in my friend group and it was the worst.
0: You were not the only one. I was telling all my friends like oh, next week's episode is going to be an hour and a half. <laughs> like never came to fruition. <laughs> so, uh, along with doing this, you know, being into the MCU and stuff, um, I know you do some other creative stuff like you like to write. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Oh, um, I I wrote one book. Uh, it's very dark. It is not for everyone, but it's called Another Sad Story. And um, I didn't publish it. It's, I still have it because editors are expensive and I don't have a publish, publisher to have a free editor. So I still have it in my personal... Um, I don't really know how to explain it because just a lot of it happens and it's, it's just really dark (laughs) for no reason. I just have a twisted mind.
0: Well, dark is good. Look, I, I I know that this is almost taking a turn. Okay. On on this episode, because we're not even talking about the MCU at this point, but another (laughs) one of my kind of, another one of my interests is like, um, creative people and people who like to make things, whether it be, um, putting together podcasts or, um, you know, uh, YouTube creators or writers or painters or musicians. Like I love talking to creative people. Well, uh,
1: me, cause I dip in a lot and I dip and dabble a lot. I wrote my book. I paint a lot. I do those videos on Facebook for insurance for my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, call me for a quote. If you're in Pennsylvania, shout out.
0: <laughs> and, well, and that's, that's interesting to me. And I feel like the people who are artistic like that, kind of duke dabble in everything you know what i mean
1: it's fun yeah
0: and i think that um i guess kind of bringing it back to the mcu like this is kind of like i love watching what these creators do because they're incredibly good at it um but on top of that it feeds my creativity to watch this kind of stuff you know what i mean just watching how they write stuff and how they put stuff together like it's really interesting
1: yeah yeah it, it really is i love it because the more you think about it the more. It it brings ideas to your mind easier because you're using your imagination more often because we are using our imagination thinking about how these writers are writing.
0: Yes, yes. So I guess kind of wrapping this thing up, um, final thoughts on this episode, um, this series, and do you have any predictions for what we're going to get in that final episode? Do you think they're going to leave us on a cliffhanger? Do you think they're going to wrap it up?
1: Oh, they're going to do a cliffhanger. 100% going to do a cliffhanger. Uh, I think it's going to be talking fight a little bit of talking more fight and cliffhanger in the middle maybe in the middle of a fight no it's, they're going to finish the fight and then cliffhanger
0: <laughs> maybe in the middle of the fight actually I, I'd be upset I'll be honest because I don't know the next <laughs> time we're gonna get to see it's going to be a long time I think before we see these characters again like we know the movies that are coming up we know the series that are coming up
1: yeah and- that's why- yeah they can't cliffhanger in the middle of the fight that's unfair they won't do that to us
0: yeah there's got to be some kind of a wrap-up what do you think happens okay so john walker do you think he ends up locked up by the end of this thing or
1: yeah he's gonna go to the raft
0: do you think so
1: yeah i think he's gonna go to the raft because he's got this serum so and he's he's gonna break more he's just gonna break more he can't handle the serum
0: that you know what that might actually work out pretty to be like a pretty cool storyline too because if he's on the raft and maybe he ends up becoming a part of the Thunderbolts as well, uh, yeah. And
1: Zemo's there to mess yes. with, yes, as he's got the serum. Maybe they can turn him really into the next Winter Soldier because he knows how the mind worked on Bucky.
0: Hmm. Well, and just imagine the dynamic too between like Zemo wanting to kill him and like but having to work with him, like being forced by the government somehow to work with him. Uh, Maybe it'll be like Suicide Squad where they kind of like... Eat each other? Yeah, like maybe they inject them with something that will like, if you don't cooperate, we'll kill you. You know, like, I don't know. I I just think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Like these guys want to kill each other, but they have to work together.
1: The comedy that characters have when they want to kill each other is great. So I hope that happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, just as we've seen, like with Zemo, God, man, that character was so funny throughout this Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, he was. He was great. um, Just kind of playing off of Sam and Bucky. It was really fantastic. That episode uh, where they're all on the plane together, like Zemo's making points about about black history and sam's like what are you <laughs> you're right but you know like that's uncalled for like you can't that you don't get to say that
1: yeah <laughs>
0: but yeah i just this um for me like i know that you like wandavision more that's kind of where you're you're to your liking in your wheelhouse um i am have been a captain america fan since these movies not before that really i wasn't into the comics but what they've put together and what they've done with the character of Captain America and the stories that we've gotten in the, in the films. And then now in this series, it's always been my favorite. So I think personally, this series is more my style. I like this series a lot more, Um, but I know this next series, I know you're interested in that and I'd love to have you back for it, but tell me right now, kind of from the trailers and stuff, what do you think about this next series? We're going to get this Loki series.
1: I've only watched one trailer, so I'm the crazy Marvel person or the cool Marvel person, depending on how you see this. I will only watch one trailer, and then I black it out so that when I go into it, I can kind of have an open mind. I don't have expectations too high. Mm. So I haven't watched the trailer for a while. It's starting to fade in my memory, but it does look very interesting. I love the fact that we get longer Loki storyline because that second Thor movie wasn't the best, and I loved watching him in it. So I just love that we get his own what's going on.
0: Yeah, you know, Loki is another one of those characters that I didn't care about, like, initially, but has grown on me through the years. Like, now I kind of like Loki, and now that he's got his own series, at first I wasn't excited about that. But after the trailer, I'm like, okay, this looks really cool. Like, we're dealing with, like, time travel and different timelines and a lot of crazy stuff like i'm excited for it
1: complicated it makes it more fun get it complicated
0: yeah i know a lot of people don't like that like a lot of people i think get lost with all the i mean with all these movies being connected and i think it's probably overwhelming for like a new person you know if you're like hey you should jump in on these movies they're like wait how many movies is there i'm like (laughs) (laughs) 20 something and now there's two series they're like oh man like i don't know where to begin well, know, and for me
1: in there in it too. So it's even longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, then you've all, also, you've got all this other stuff that's not really connected, but there's a lot of other Marvel stuff and then uh, like series and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then now we've got the X-Men coming in. So it's like, I don't know, man, it, it, I can understand how it would be overwhelming for a brand new fan, like someone coming into it.
1: Yeah, but and if someone is coming into it, they have to remember: don't try to figure out the science. There is no science, so don't figure out the science because that'll really mess them up.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. If you're super analytical, it's probably not the series for. Like my wife, she's she's not into these series at all, like at all. And I think it's just because like she's not into superhero stuff. She thinks it's formulaic, you know. <laughs> and I, and it is. I mean, you know, usually the good guys win, uh, yeah. but
1: love to debate with her
0: that would be so much fun yeah she's like but she um you know it's just not her type of genre and that's fine and she's very analytical so it's like this is ridiculous i can't believe you like this you know what i mean but but i'm a big kid you know so like i love it and i i just buy in thank you so much for being on uh this has been a lot of fun and i do i would love to have you come back for loki if you're interested
1: absolutely man you just Just, yeah, just hit me up and I will definitely fill on for
0: Loki. For sure. All right. Well, then I will talk to you again this summer when we break down an episode of Loki. Cool. All right, ladies and gents. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jazz. And if you want to check out Jazz's work, you can check out uh, the, the work that she has done for Allstate Insurance. Uh, The link is in the description to those videos. And also, be on the lookout for her upcoming novel, Another Sad Story. I had a lot of fun talking to Jazz, and I definitely want to bring her back for the Loki series. Because I know how excited she is for that, And, and me as well. Like I'm very excited for the Loki series. After seeing that second trailer, this might turn out to be the best series of the bunch. All right, one more thing before I let you go. Uh, I got an email from a listener that I want to share because I think you really hit the nail on the head, and this is another email from the beloved Steve Banvard, a regular listener and sometimes guest host whose commentary I have really come to enjoy. He sends me his breakdown damn near every week, and I feel like this one is especially good. So here we go. Steve writes, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 5, Truth, possibly my new favorite episode. Not only was this episode great on its own, but it also retroactively improved the series' premiere episode, New World Order. Much of the Sam and Bucky setup material from the first episode, which I found clunky and unnecessary, was revisited here, and tied in well to the overarching story. I found it hilarious the penultimate episode included a Rocky Balboa-esque training montage before presumably the final episode's big fight. I even liked John Walker in the episode, which, I know, surprised me. I was moved by his speech where he said, I only ever did what you asked of me. What you told me to be. You built me. To Walker, his government failed him. Then to compare and contrast John Walker to Isaiah Bradley who had it so much worse, you know, secretly injected and imprisoned, experimented on, and ultimately covered up and erased. He never had a chance. And the fact that Bradley's account has elements of actual truth in it is all the more haunting. And just how prescient is this series? I heard the same rhetoric, and even some of the same words currently used in defense and prosecution arguments across America. Uh, you know, for example... All of the World is Watching was quoted in a BBC article earlier this week and eerily only days after the release of episode four. All right. Man, Steve Steve just kills it, man. Like, his commentary, I, I should just let him do this show. Like, seriously, I could just read his email each week and it would, like, tie everything up in a nice, neat little bow. But, I mean, you wouldn't get the, the, the back-and-forth conversation that we love so much here, but he does a damn good job at breaking down the episodes uh, in, in quick fashion. All right, so, so thank you, Steve, for that awesome commentary, and, and thank you, everyone listening, uh, you know, for tuning in. I know there are a million Marvel podcasts out there, so you tuning into this one, for me, is kind of a big deal. And if you're new, don't forget to favorite or follow the podcast. And if you want to help the podcast grow, do me a big favor and share the episodes on social media. There's nothing like word of mouth. That's the best thing you can do is share the episodes. But right behind word of mouth, is ratings. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a great deal to me if you would go over and give the show a five-star rating and a written review. That really helps the podcast to be seen by more eyes. And more eyes on the podcast means more ears listening to the podcast. If you have anything to add to today's episode, send me an email at marvelpluspodcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up on social media, at Real Brett Scott on Instagram or Twitter. A big thank you to my guest, Jazz Kearns. Thank you for listening. And, hey, you know, maybe try not to kill anybody with a shield this week. It doesn't tend to work out well for anybody involved. So, once again, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel+. Plus.